Bagulho. Hello and welcome to After the Bell Mirror Fighting's boxing show, coming to you just hours after Canelo Alvarez stopped Andrei Yodrum to set up a unification class with Billy Joe Saunders in May. My name is Martin Dorman, editor of Mirror Fighting. I'm joined again by Barry Jones and by Declan Taylor. We will take a quick look back at what was a very quick fight in Miami last night and then look ahead to a fight which has been promised many times, hopefully this time, will be delivered. And then also look back at Joseph Parker's win over Junior Fat in New Zealand, which was a long time ago, but actually was just yesterday. And then ahead to what might be a heavyweight clash between Parker and Derek Chisora. If you are watching live, you can interact with us. Please do share your thoughts and comments about the fights. And please do give the channel a subscription while you're there and the video a thumbs up. Declan, before we come to Canelo's performance and situation, I just want to touch on Avni Yildrum for, for, for a second. The last well, night was his first fight for two years. He lost his last fight against Antin Durrell. Now, I don't want to get into a big argument and debate about mandatory challengers and things like that. But l- let's be honest, a golden opportunity. He won the lottery, really, getting the fight. Uh, went for as long as he could, protected himself for as long as he could. Saw an opportunity to get out of there and took his money and ran. Fair? Um, I don't know. I don't know. He was still, he was still in there, wasn't he? And I guess it's hard to... I don't know, it's hard to slate him, anyone who gets into a mandatory position and gets their title shot and, and sort of hangs on in there. It's not his fault that the WBC mandated him. Um, and it, we all knew he wasn't on Canelo's level. Um, I was thinking yesterday about if he was to win, how big how big a shock it would be. And it would have been right up there with biggest shocks ever. Um, and Canelo proved that like from the, literally the first second, it was like mismatch. It's not even, I was in, um, where was it? In Germany. Just, oh, I can't remember what part of Germany, when he boxed Chris Eubank. And obviously Eubank knocked him out in this mad, there was this big build-up that it was welcome to hell and all that sort of stuff. Um, and Eubank obviously knocked him out. And that was years ago. So it wasn't even like he was this unknown quantity. I remember before that fight, he was the guy who knocked out James DeGale's teeth before the um, Badu Jack fight. Remember that? Um, so there was this little bit of mystique. You know, he's hard. He had this mad manager you know, real rough and tough, but we all knew that Eubank had knocked him out and got to him and he was he doesn't move his head and he's there to be hit. Canelo, in the end, softened him up to the body and just just basically did whatever he wanted for three for three rounds. I thought it might be, he might carry him for a bit, but no interest in doing that. And when they pulled him out, I, you can't really argue with, with, with him pu- pulling him out there. He'd offered absolutely nothing. He was li- not listening in the corner. He wasn't trying anything different. I thought it was fair enough. But in answer to your question... You know, did he take his money and run? Maybe he did, maybe. But, you know, you've got to be in it to win it and you've got, you've got to sort of do the business to get into that position in the first place. And I'm never going to have a go at someone for making two million quid. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. OK, Canelo, Barry, what is refreshing, really, for, for me anyway, and I know a lot of people complained about this fight, but Canelo fought two months ago. He's going to fight again in just over two months. In, in an era where the best of the best only fight twice a year, we should be grateful that we got to see him, even if it was for three minutes against somebody who didn't really want to be there. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm over the moon with this because he's so he's just beautiful to watch against anybody because you know the way he goes about his work is so professional. Actually, I'll just go back to the ring walk. I know they want to like pass it and all the rest of it. It didn't suit him because he's such a he's such a professional and he's so business like in, in in every aspect of his game, his preparation in the ring, his interviews, and there's no messing around. He's very to the point in Spanish, so I presume he's to the point. I, I don't know. I can't I can't um, speak Spanish, but everything about him is direct. And that and the you know, the whole like fireworks and the rapper with him didn't suit me to be honest. But apart from that, he's the ultimate professional. And to see him go about his work, how he dissects you, how he intimidates you without doing anything, is only a, only a great fighter can do that. So you know you have a great fighter when he makes a fight. He makes a fighter who would be not not Yildirim doesn't beat any of the top super middleweights really for me to be honest, but. He would give a, a go. He would have a go against Saunders, though he'd get totally outboxed. He'd have a go against Callum Smith, though he'd probably get outboxed and stopped. But you know when you're a great fighter, when you when the guy is afraid to throw a punch. Because you just do you just know if you make a mistake. I've been there. I, when you make a mistake, you know you're gonna pay for it. And that's what he does. He hits you early and he intimidates you with the pressure with the feet and just takes all your game away. But to see if that was a pay-per-view fight, this was the old format on HBO or whatever, and we had to, and you had to or, or Sky or BT, whatever, and you had to pay for that fight. I would begrudge it. I'd want to watch it to see him, but I'd begrudge paying for it. The fact that it's on a on a on, no, on a different sort of format of of, of of broadcasting where you pay you no know, subscription and you don't want to pay no extra, then it's great. That that's what I would say. You know, I, I wouldn't want to pay for that. Like. Twenty quid or a hundred dollars in in America to watch that watch that because it was a, it was an obvious who was going to win and how he was going to win, but to see it at no for free pretty much because you already pay him is fan yeah that's it's fantastic, and also I would take a Yildirim every day of the week if we see him against the Callum Smith and a Billy Joe Saunders every year that's so it was well worth it yeah. It's a good point though because that's what we used to happen with Mayweather wasn't it is that we knew we'd get him two twice a year. For America, it would cost him a hundred dollars a go, and then he'd end up boxing the Maidana rematch, which no one wanted to watch, for instance, or like Andre Berto, and you're like, "Oh, they're so frustrating." But actually, it's not frustrating because it was either seeing box again or not at all. So it's like, sweet, I watch it, especially for one ninety nine. I mean, what a, it, what a price we're getting for it. Even if it was like it's going to be ten, fifteen pound in the end, I would imagine yeah. the zone, which is fair enough. You know, if you're a boxing fan, it's, it's and and they, and they get loads of content, it'd be fair enough, but. You wouldn't mind any whatever you're paying for your subscription. You're paying for it anyway. So if that's included, then fine. If that all of a sudden you know, becomes a, an a, a extra add-on, then I wouldn't have paid for it. Although I would, because I'm a fool, but most people wouldn't. <laughs> but there's very few pay-per-views I haven't paid for, to be honest. Yeah, same. Very few, very few. So, so but you know, to see Canelo in action, no. And, and also for young kids to see the way he goes about his work, everything. They're all a little. They're not even little disguises. They're quite obvious disguises. He. He sort of faints. He sort of hooks off the jab, but he faints with the jab. It's, it's sort of a combination that's not used anymore. I don't know why. I sort of do know why because your left hand's out there. There's always a risk of getting hit. But if your timing's good and you can slide that front foot in to distance in the disguise, he he does it. And he and he quite often jabs high, so he takes away your, your whole focus goes high, and then and then he can slide the feet in. And then he shows the left hook, or you're clipping with the left hook. To, no, and there's nothing on it. Because he hit you with a one or two hard left hooks earlier on, you flick the left hook across. You're so focused in defending it, and then he fires that big right hand on the middle. Everything he does, there's always a reason. Whether it's a good shot or a bad shot, he's doing that to disguise something else he wants to do. And to be able to th- have that that constant 
no, it's muscle memory boxing a lot of the time, but to have that thought process throughout the whole fight means you have to be really intelligent for your sport and your fitness has to be just tip top. And that's why he's one of the, one of the great fighters to watch for young kids because he's always in shape, ultra professional. All right? He has some discretions about, you know, meat, you know, Mexican meat and whatever else. But, you know, I mean, the way he goes about his work, it, it's, it's, it's a great work ethic that he has and, and it shows in the ring. Just another thing, I think we've spoken before about Declan. I know we, you weren't in Miami, but it seemed like he was far more available to, to media and he spoke English a lot more. Now, we've said before, listen, it's not on him to have to speak English or whatever, you know, but it is a help. He wasn't even fighting an English fighter. But it does help, doesn't it? It seems like he's sort of growing into maybe his stature as boxing, as the face of boxing. Yeah, I remember when he came over to the UK for, um, I can't remember, what, it must have been maybe a Golovkin press tour or something like that. And he was obviously really hard to get to at that time. Um, and he didn't speak any English and it was all very guarded and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, if he wants to be a really, a, a massive superstar, he needs to be, it'd be ideal if he spoke English, like the Klitschko's did, because they, they, they dealt with that early and got their English perfect, especially Vladimir. Um, but also be a bit more available because otherwise you just become this sort of detached figure and Mayweather to his credit with the media would always speak to everyone I remember going to maybe the first Maidana fight and I was I couldn't I was astounded by the amount of interviews he did with every single YouTube channel go everyone got a question if they wanted one he would stand there and I was like why are you doing this the fact is he's paying the same he's selling the pay-per-view that day a few days before the fight he knows the value of coverage and I feel like Maybe it's part of this zone deal. Maybe it's just part of him growing up and thinking, this is my legacy. I want to be known as a superstar. And he's doing it. Um, I think, I must say, though, I do think the bubble situations help with that access because he's just there. And you know, like, you know that they can set you up with whatever. And it's great to see him doing some stuff in English with, um, with Andy, who went for IFL, and, and Andy, who went for Boxing Social, like, Fair play to those boys who are going out to those bubbles and absolutely hoovering up and they're getting their rewards and people like Canelo now are speaking to everyone. And I think it it's all part of the world today, isn't it? That it that's what you need you need to be about. You need to be your face needs to be everywhere. You need to be talking and you need to be a brand. Um and it's not lost on him. I don't know if it's strategic or whether it's just part of his evolution as a person. I would think a bit of both, but it's definitely great to see, and I think it's definitely solidifying this this position as proper superstar. One thing I wanted to ask, ask you, Barry, so as I said, Canelo's fought twice in a couple of months and he's going to fight again in, in 10 weeks. What will his, I'm assuming his weight cut's not, if there is a weight cut, it's not particularly difficult, so he's not training to lose weight. So what is he, and he's presumably not particularly learning much in between fights other than maybe some intricacies in terms of who his next opponent is. What does his, do you think anyway, his training look like between now and May 8th when he fights Billy Joe Sanders. There's always a rest period because fighting is difficult, but training's the hardest part of it because it's so intense. So there's no breaks. So you need to have a release in everything. Like, you always need to have a release. I remember my first decent payday, my trainer said, take a little bit out and just go and blow it. That was for McDonald's and that was it. But no, so you, you have to have a release in it, whatever sort it is, but it has to be short because boxers go wild. But so he has a little, yeah, a week or two off, and then you get back in. You go back in easy, and and and. But you say this, you're always learning, and you think I know you say it's not just like um, learning to to fight that person, that opponent. You have to. I think boxing, a lot of boxing, people forget how to do the basics. 
And you see with Canelo, he does the basics as well. The basic, the things you learn from a kid, hands high, elbows tucked in. In any other sport, at the highest level, they they have passing drills, tackling drills in rugby and passing drills in football. And they'll put your foot on the ball, looking up, and they'll do that. Even at the highest level, they'll do it. In boxing, you learn how to do the basics. And once you get good, you forget about that. You warm up in skipping, you punch the bag, and you do what you want to do. I mean, to it, very intense, I'm, I'm generalising it, but you forget... And I think he goes, still does that. You can see the way he fights. Every day, he must be doing the basics, hands high, always checking yourself. So you always have to be almost like a perfectionist. That you, you're never, you, like you're, to, you're constantly learning. You have to treat it like that. It's, it's not, I know it's not the case, but you have to treat it like that. So he will go back and do structure himself again, keep himself high and, and just hone what he's done. And then it's down to Eddie Renato to say to him, he's his own man, Canelo, but to say to him, Right, we're fighting a guy who can move now. We saw this. This is what you need to do. You need to cut off the ring a different way because he's a southpaw. So we have to adapt to what we're going to lead with with the jab, and that has to change. You'll change, tinker that way. But I think it's just you have to. It's a repetitive sport. It can be boring at times training, but you have to do it. And I think by the way he fights, he looks like a fighter who, who realized that from a young age, and he's just done it. And it's so. And like Mayweather, you no, know, he, he didn't do maybe the. The basics is where we the, the, the traditional basics, but he did the same thing all the time in the gym. He knew what worked for him, and that was that was his structure all the time. As boring as it may be, that's what you did, and then and then do little tinkers for the for the particular fight. Though maybe they didn't have to do that, but I show Canelo. Well, you see, Canelo will, will do little things with taller fight. They're all taller than, but like the huge fighters, he will just approach a little bit differently. And against Saunders, again, he'd have to be a little bit more on the balls of his feet than he was against the old gym. Or Callum Smith because they they're not as fast a mover as as, as Billy Joe Saunders is. Declan, I said before we, we came on, you know, we've talked about this fight. I'm sure it feels like every other month since, since we started. Of course, sorry, I say this fight, Billy Joe Saunders against Neil Alvarez, May eighth, likely either Las Vegas or Dallas. It was, of course, almost uh, started last May before the pandemic. Twelve months on, what will be twelve months on. Canelo Alvarez has had two fights, gone distance in one. And then last night's blowout, Billy Joe Saunders fought Martin Murray 12 rounds last December. How would you view the fight now compared to 12 months ago? Um, I, I must say, I don't think my position on it really has really changed that much. And that is that Saunders has got a very slim chance of winning based on what we know about Canelo. But it's an interesting point you make about the last 12 months. But I actually looked back a little bit further basically to when Saunders won his first world title at middleweight when he beat Andy Lee in December of 2015. Since then, he's boxed Arthur Akavov, Willie Monroe Jr., David Lemieux, Charles Adamu, Shefa Asufi, um, the guy Casires in on the DAZN show, the YouTube show, and then Martin Murray, right? So it's not a murderer's row, and we're talking almost six years ago now. At the same time, since then, Canelo's boxed Amir Khan, Liam Smith, Chavez Jr., Golovkin twice, Rocky Fielding, Danny Jacobs, Sergei Kovalev, Callum Smith, and now Avni Ildrum. So he's boxed 10 times. So I just feel like if you want to go into a fight like this where you're up against it, like you are against Canelo, anyone, um, especially Saunders, I feel like you need a bit better momentum over the last few years. And no matter how good your camp is, it's about, you know, that old saying, it's not about the eight weeks, it's about the eight years before. I just feel like it might be a case of the chickens coming home to roost a little bit and that all of that, the last few years, and it's been frustrating for him. It's not for what, lack of trying. He signed to box Golovkin. He signed to box Canelo before. 
you know, stuff's fallen through. He's got injured at times and stuff like that. But I just feel like momentum-wise, it ain't with him. Certainly not the last 12, 12 months as well. And Canelo has just got moved into this supreme position. And like Barry said, his professionalism is unreal. So it's not even like you can see him taking his eye off the ball. It's not going to be a, you know, it's not going to be a Ray Robinson um, taking his eye off the ball and, and losing. It's not like that. He hasn't got this mad entourage. He's in the gym. He'll be back in the gym and he'll be training and he'll be you trying to say that Randolph Turbin got a lucky win against... I'm just, I'm just saying, if it was, if he was 100%, Randy Turbin is not winning that tight, winning that and fight. And I just, I thought that if he was going to come out and stuck Canelo, it would have been last night. In that, you know, if if there was any sign that he's not taking it seriously and he's just knocking these fights off because he's got this mad contract, then that it would have been last night. We might have seen glimpses of it. It don't look like that's happening with him, and that's bad news to Saunders for me. Um, and you're right, twelve last twelve months hasn't been kind to anyone. Um, but Canelo has seemed to. Pulled it around. I mean, look, look at that. Callum Smith, he's boxing two undefeated world champions with a, with a mandatory in the middle. Um, yeah. Uh, in answer to your question, it ain't. It's not good prep. I don't think it's not good prep for Saunders. What is? No, that's that's what I was going to say. What is good prep for Saunders, uh, for for Canelo? He's like, no, it's a, such a step up. Listen, it's, you never know. Boxing's full of surprises, and and it's all about. And if you don't step up. You say you haven't got a chance to step up, but you don't know until you step up, and that's and that's how it, that's how it works. He might his style might be people go on about his, you know, his style you know, is a nightmare for Canelo. Is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Canelo is the Billy Joe Stone is not the biggest super middleweight. No, he's grown into the weight quite effectively, but so is Canelo because he's not really a super middleweight. So, but they go back to Lara fight, but that was 2014 sometime. I have a look now. It was, there you go. It was like July 2014. So he's a different fighter now. I mean, almost like, you know, you, you'd have to check that he haven't had plastic surgery to be, and it's not really Canelo. It's, he looks like a totally different animal that, that he was back then. So the Canelo today would, would wipe out the Lara of 2014. That's the truth, if they were the same weight. He did have trouble with the salt, sticky salt, but it's, it's, it's different. And and I think inactivity, like Declan sort of alluded to, inactivity in sort of career will will probably be his undoing when he looks back of his whole career in general. But I don't know if if he was super active and boxing really higher level than he has boxed, that even then would it be good enough? I don't know. No. Well, I do, I do think though. I don't know if you'd agree. Is that I feel like of all the super middleweights and middleweights, basically anyone below twelve and a half stone, I do feel like he's the best place to give Canelo trouble. Um, based with with his style, because you, you know you do you can go back to the Lara fight. But I remember speaking to Eric Gomez after a fight. It might have been the Lemieux fight, but it, I, I remember just nicking him by the ring and just saying, "Is you know, is Billy Joe Saunders on the radar for Canelo?" And he basically, not absolute hands up. He was like, "Not really," because he does. He's not going to make an entertaining fight for us. We like people. He literally said, "We like people who stand in front of us, so we can." This is entertainment. We want Canelo to look good, and we want fireworks. We don't want someone slipping and sliding twelve rounds. They learned their lesson with the Lara fight. Um, he's, a, he's in trouble there because he's got Billy Joe Saunders and, and Caleb Plant to move us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's one of them where he's got to the point where he's knocked out everyone who is who is less mobile. I know it's like, oh, we've got two two movers now, but he ain't going to... And like you say, he's still the massive favourite, but I do feel like, style-wise, that's not his favourite. So that will work in Saunders' favour. And Saunders, we know, is looks the best when he's up against it. Like Lemieux was by far his best performance. Andy Lee as well was a good performance. When he boxes lesser opponents, he can look really turgid and uninterested. And that often happens with these talented, precociously, 
precociously talented in Saunders' case when you know he's been doing it since he was a kid. But when you get someone who is when you're expected to lose, that's when he turns it on. But is it enough? And is it enough to do it for one night after this many years of really not doing an awful lot? I just don't think so when you've got someone as great as Canelo. I concur, my dear friend. So, I concur. so if you are a Joe Saunders party and you've got 10 weeks, albeit a fight you've been preparing for, at least mentally for some time, how do you approach it? I think, for me, it's... it's it's the you, supreme fitness for start because he's going to pressurize you. He puts you under pressure. And he makes you breathe with that front foot. He, you know, you never sure what's going to do, and your breathing's irregular. So you, but he's but Saunders is a is a counter puncher. So he's sort of used to that to a level, but he's not going to have no control. So you're going to have to react to everything. It's the it's the I, I say pivoting all the time. It's my favorite thing about boxing. But for me, it's he does don't get carried away with your success. So I if you can hit if you can hit um, Alvarez with or Canelo with 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 two shots, pivot off and move. Don't get greedy. I, I would I would you got to try and frustrate him so he makes a mistake. When when's the last time we've made, we've seen him make a real mistake? When's the last time we've seen Canelo frustrated? I can't remember quite. It might be Lara as it goes. He wasn't even though Amir Khan was doing quite well. He wasn't frustrated there. You no, know, he, he knew his time would come, so he had a real patience to his work. But to try and frustrate him, so that that means fast shots. Pivot off close to the body so he can't hit you. You lean back and try to lead. So don't get if you don't hit him with the first shot, don't throw the next one. No, it, you've got to be very, very careful with what you do. So, so minimum success rather than go for maximum effect. It sounds silly because you if you hit someone and you just carry on throwing punches to more, but he's good enough, Canelo, to take a shot and still carry on with the, with the movement of taking that step back to throw that uppercut. When others get caught and they'll go off, off kilter with their plan and try and panic. Canelo doesn't because he got one of the best chins in boxing, just by chance. How lucky is that? You know, you can you're a great boxer. You also got a fantastic chin if things don't work out for you, and that's the problem. That Billy's not a Billy can punch. He's not the biggest puncher. Canelo might feel he's going to walk through you because I can walk. Can I? Because if Golovkin can't knock me out, who else can? Not, who else is going to hurt me? I find it out to see how he wins, but I think that would be the you know the real fast shots, the plenty of feints, and when if you have one success with one or two shots, you got to pivot off fast and try and go from a different angle or get back and just keep trying to constantly frustrate Canelo until he gets a bit wild, if that can happen. I don't know. But can, I think Saunders has got to try and make it as messy and as boring as he can possibly be for his chance to win. But, but what you're describing there, though, Barry, is, is, a, is a, him going over there and nicking it. And if he tries to nick it, he ain't getting a decision anyway, is he? If he makes it boring, surely he ain't winning anyway. No, he's not. But you can't, fight, you can't go into a fight thinking the judges are going to be favouring no. this. You gotta win. No, that's that, that's there. That's how can I win? Your control. You know what I mean. Otherwise, you must just go in and just start swinging punches from the first round and hope yeah. you catch. No, that otherwise, if you're thinking I can't get decisions against Canelo in in America or Vegas, which it will probably be, you can't go in that thinking that way. Or don't take the fight if you think you can't win it on. If you think he can't, if he thinks he can't win it on points, or he can't win in a to, in a tight fight, then you either just admit it and take the money, and don't even try. <laughs> What's the point in training? <laughs> No, or you don't take the fight. If you're generally in it just to win it, it's for pride only and not money, money's not an issue, then you, why would you take a fight when you know you're not going to get the rub of the green at all? So you have to go in there thinking it's going to be a no. And I think this corruption things, no, we over-exaggerated on, on more than before because of poor scorecards or scorecards that we don't always agree with, but it's not always the case. 
but he has had the rub of the green Canelo in a, in way too many times. And you know, Golovkin, the first fight was definitely one of them, and even the second fight possibly. But mm. I think that I think he has to. I think he'll. I think I can, I can only see Billy Joe Saunders nicking it. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love him to come up to me like you no know, neck you know, the end the end of the summer, find me somewhere by mistake, and just like poke me in the in the head and go. What yeah, it'd be you? amazing. I'd love it. I just can't see it. Do you see him taking a different approach there? No, I don't. No, because he's, he's, you know they're box, he's boxing people. He's boxing people around him. They know that they're not. That's that's how they win. That's how they win, isn't it? They 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 did the, they did it with with Lemieux. Okay, totally different animals. But you go out there and you back yourself, and you know he knows what he's good at. He knows what he's not good at. I must say, I think he is a bit of an underrated puncher. Um, but I'm not sure if he has got the pop really to keep Canelo off and to stop Canelo doing what he wants to do for 12 rounds. But um, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I, that's my, my concern is, yeah, I, you know, it's not totally out of the question that he can go out there and he can nick rounds and he, cause he's clever enough and he's quick enough. And he, you know, if he's absolutely on point, that can happen. But then I don't see him winning. I don't see him winning a fight in that stuff. I can't see that. It, it, you know, I just, it's a shame. And, and it's always a bit cynical to say it, but in a, in a turgid fight or an uneventful fight, I don't see him getting a decision, which is horrible to say, but it's true. But also, people people point to um, his footwork, which is sublime at his yeah. best. Sublime. So we talk about his best, but really, when you look at Son's career, he's always um, previewed like brilliance, but only really shown against Lemu, to be honest. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want to be, real, and I, I thought it was, I was there. Obviously, it was a fantastic performance, but you can also say he was suited for him. Made to measure in many ways, yeah. but still, he still had to. He, he still had to take away he, his footwork. Took away the power. Any chance Lemu had was the power, and he took it away with a beautiful footwork. Constantly moved and never ran once, and that's a really, you know, it's a really hard thing to do. But Canelo has good footwork. It's just different footwork. He doesn't dance around fleet-footed, you know, like like a ballerina, like like Billy Joe Saunders does. He looks and he's great at it. You know, and, and he, he can spin. He can spin on a sixpence, can Billy Joe Saunders, which is something that he'll need against Canelo, but. Canelo's has footwork. He can be guile on his feet as well. He, he cuts something off really well. He gets on the balls of feet when he needs to, to generate a little bit more speed in his work. He knows when to... You know, we just see him not walking people down because that's all he needs to do. He can adapt. And that's where I think... That's where I think but it's all against Billy Joe Saunders. But it's in a fight like this, you know, that'll help Billy. That'll help him, I think, to get ready for the fight because there's very, very few fights as he been an underdog. Very few fights as he been a massive underdog. And not nobody... Especially now we've seen Callum, no, there was a, there was an argument who was who was the best of him, Callum Smith. So nobody's giving him a chance, and and that if if that can't spur you on, then nothing can. To be honest, I know I know Billy's money motivated, and I, I don't blame him for that. But this, I th- I got a feeling this for Billy Joe Saunders would be more than that because this is this is a, this is a legacy fight. This is you no know, to him. This is no. This puts him up there with with the greats of super middleweights of all time. You no, know, they will if he beat, if he can beat Canelo, it puts him in you no. Know, just below the Carl's Aggies and the Benz and the Eubanks, he puts him in that conversation with all those guys. So who knows? You know, we'd love to see it, but we can only we're looking for what the thing is when you when you've got to really dig deep and look at ways how our guy could beat another guy, then the chances are he probably can't do it. That's the truth. Very valid point. Just quickly on this, in a word, is by the end of this year, Canelo Alvarez the undisputed super middleweights world champion. Yes. Oh, yes. That was easy. Okay, so <laughs> moving, 
a few divisions on well Saturday morning UK time Joseph Parker won which which what was hyped up as a, a huge grudge match with Junior Fa. In the end it was something of a damp squib. Let's not reflect on it too much. Uh, but the plan is now, as far as I'm aware, for Joseph Parker to fight Derek Chisora in a fight that was originally set a few years ago, postponed bizarrely with a spider bite, and then to fight the winner of Alexander Usyk against Joe Joyce, which to me seems like a very sensible plan. He's third in the WBO, so I don't see why, as long as he keeps winning, it doesn't happen. Derek, a, a fight... I mean, probably, I, I'm not sure. Joseph Parker is not exactly fan-friendly at times. Um, mm. Derek Chisora can be. Sometimes he's hit and miss. It's one of those fights for me in a way that could spark into into something brilliant, but could also just kind of be uh, quickly forgotten. Yeah, I like I like the fight. I I did do in the first place, and I I do now. It's one of them where yeah, Chisora is always going to bring the heat, isn't he? You know what he's going to do, and and Parker is uh, I don't know. He's 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 the boxer in the fight, so it's going to be it's a classic sort of style matchup. Um, I like it. I do know what you mean about Parker because he seems to, he hasn't really impressed for a while now. Um, I don't know if it's a lack of, I really, I think what it is at heavyweight, he's got a little lack of power. I think he's got a little lack of firepower and that, um, that is a problem at heavyweight at the moment. So yeah, um, I do like, I like the fight. I think he could have a good go at Chisora and I think it'll be, I hope it's not a standalone pay-per-view. I think I have a feeling it's going to be part of this one that they're planning in April, end of April, early May, where there's going to be quite a few good good fights on the card. And I think it's perfect for that. Um, it's one of them where Parker has to win, doesn't he? He has to beat Chisora because he can't he can't lose that fight and have any hopes of boxing again in the upper echelons of the division. But yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of it. It does seem to make sense, Barry. I mean, I kind of feel like Parker and Chisora, well, they are, I mean, Chisora, I feel like he's always, if not in Last Chance Saloon, certainly knocking on the door of Last Chance Saloon, but he's always there, thereabouts. You know, he wasn't disgraced against Usyk. But the kind of, it's a perfect crossroads fight, in theory, for both men. Oh, Chisora was, was done in 2013, like the 15 or 14, 16, 17. No, it, I'd never known a fighter that would be recycled so much and to be effective. As well, you tend to think, no, after that second um, Fury fight, where Fury beat him Southpaw, you thought that's Chisora's career over at any decent level. That's what it seemed like. Because he was totally outboxed and stopped and just thought, that's it for him now. But the heavyweight division is different to any other. I, I say it all the time, but you can recycle a heavyweight till his legs fall off. And that's not figurative, that's literally till his legs fall off. You can just keep pushing him out there. And if he can make money, then they'll keep going. Chisora has been a, a revelation in some of his fights. But I think it's also you know, the fact that he's been so competitive in some of his fights is because of his toughness. But also it's highlighted some of the lack of quality at the higher level, to be honest, for me. You know, I think the fact that Dillian White's had a two-hard fight with him says more about Dillian White than it says about Derek Chisora. And for me, Parker is decent. I thought he would really beat Parker in a very close fight, and I didn't argue about it, but I thought he did enough to beat him. And I, so he's always going to... I knew Far was going to be a bit of a difficult fight for him because he always struggles with guys who move a lot. But him and him and Chisora, it could be like yeah, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. It could be a great fight, or it could be Parker jabbing and moving and holding. And I think, and if if Chisora tires quick, which happens quite often, then the last five rounds are just literally a hug fest. That's it. Could be that. So it's not a fight that I really look for, to be honest. It's not. I. It's not. I don't think. I, beating Chisora doesn't prepare him for any for the, the top three, four heavyweights on the planet. For me, that's that's the truth of it. 
to be honest. Now, Uzik's a different level, I think, but I don't think he beats Uzik. I don't, I don't think he does. I don't. I think Uzik, I think Uzik had, I don't think it was as close as people made out against Chisora. He struggled a little bit, but he's going into the heavyweight division. You give him 12 months to see how different a character and a different animal he is. How, how big he would be when it, when, when, the, when it comes around to him possibly fighting, maybe if he can beat Joyce fighting you know, Fury or, or, or Anthony Joshua. He'll be bigger and, and, and more used to the weight. I think you're right, Deck, about the sort of positioning of the fight. If, if I mean, the, I think it's April 24th, which is probably it's too early for fans, um, which we, I think, but maybe they can get a few fans in. But Derek Chisora, as I said, has reinvented himself, not just in the ring, but also as kind of a fan's favourite now as well. If they can, even if they push it back a little bit, get it in with fans, fans will forgive anything to start with, let's be honest. If they can go and watch boxing, um, but they know it's a heavyweight, they know it's Derek they know there's a possibility of something, it kind of feels like maybe the perfect post-pandemic fight. Yeah, and I think it goes. It does go back a bit to what I was saying about about being being a brand and being as trying to be recognisable because people like a lot of boxing fans know Chisora inside out and they've known followed him since you know Sam Sexton days and everything else you know years and years. But the newer newer boxing fans they just think is this mad guy where's a, where's a Union Jack around his face like he's nuts like what's he going to do next and people love that. Um, I think he'll properly. I mean, he's already he's been winding Parker up for a year and Parker is not. You know, he's so nice, such a nice guy. He's never going to bite back. So it's just going to be one-way traffic from Chisora. And people love that. People people enjoy that build-up. And they'll like him basically being mean to a, to this nice guy on TV. And then they'll want to see the fight. I, I think um, you're right. I mean, I remember when they were going to headline O2 with Dylan White against Marius Vac. I mean, if you if that was going to headline there, then Chisora Parker is another level to that. But I would expect it to be an outdoor job, probably with some... Fans are allowed by then. I think I don't know, maybe a thousand. I don't know, but I expect it to be a sort of fight campy sort of thing, um, and 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 it will land on there somewhere. Um, it's a classic matchroom fight, and it? it's it's one of them. I mean, anything with Chisora involved in against another heavyweight has, has become like a classic chief support sort of job. So, um, yeah, it's the it's it's a, we've spoken about heavyweights a lot recently in the last year or whatever, and it does some boxing up at the moment. Is that people just people just like that. People just and I guess it's always been thus, but right now heavyweights. It doesn't matter if you lost a few. Doesn't matter if you had a stinker against whoever else. If you know, if you chuck it together and they they basically wind each other up a bit, people are going to watch it. And I do think, I do think, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, Barry. That it could be a bit of a stinker actually. Especially, I think what it comes down to is what Chisora turns up because if it's not a motivated in uh, in shape one, it could be bad. It could be real bad. I- but, I just agree with, with Chisora. How many times can you go to the well? I know that's an old hmm. saying in boxing, but it's true. How many times can you go to the well before you, know, you just can't? Not and it's not just about being sharp. Just physically, you know, dig in. So he has to dig in every fight, even if he's not getting hurt. It's, it's just you know he's been outworked and, and he's having to chase people down. And how long can you do it before you just you become a slug, a slugger, a slow slugger? And then and then you no, know, he's not the fastest now. But you know, I just don't. I don't know how long he can keep. Maybe he can. I don't know. You know, he can be an enigma and go on forever. But and literally, if 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 he can, he will. I got a feeling this guy is going to be the guy who's who's going to have his license taken off him. Because you think you would have earned enough money by now. My my biggest issue with it is a massive discrimination to smaller fighters. That's mm. what. That's my issue. I'm trying to make a joke out of it. They get paid too much money. These big guys. They, listen, like the fact that Chisora, well, Chisora Park would be would be pay per view without a doubt. 
and they'll earn millions. And it's like, you know, it's not even an eliminator for a world title. I, I, it will be for, for the organizers, but it's not really, let's be honest. It, it's it's just it's crazy. I'm happy for the guys to earning good money, but it's just it's the madness of boxing. Now you know that you've got some fantastic smaller guys who, who can earn a living, and these big guys who've been wrong forever and you know fail time and time again will be given opportunities because everyone loves a big guy swinging a punch. And but again, you know it's, it's what it's what works for you. you know, we can say this about women's boxing, could be why they they don't get enough money because no one wants no one wants to watch them yet, and mm. you know, or enough people want to watch. The women's boxing in general, yeah, that's it's just how it goes. But it's, it, yeah, the, you're right, Chisora. What, what Chisora turns out depends. The, the press conference alone sells the fight. That's the truth. But what Chisora turns out depends whether we get a real fun fight to watch or or a real horrible thing that you'd want to turn off after six rounds. But we'll see. Well, we should be talking about a big heavyweight fight next weekend. Uh, Dylan White against Alexander Povetkin, but that has now been put back till the end of March, so it's actually a break next weekend. Nothing major happening. But you've just mentioned the smaller fighters the following week. Uh, it's not a fight, maybe smaller men, but nobody can look away from Chocotito against Estrada, so that's one, of course, we will be talking about. Thank you both for your time this Sunday morning, and we'll see you again. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you again in two weeks' time. <laughs>